This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Time now for our Rugby World Cup brand expert, Brant, your local John Deere equipment supplier with the heart and soul of New Zealand rugby, Ken Laban. Ken, welcome back to the program. How are you? Very good, thanks, Chris. Peter, how are you going? All right? Good, mate. Great to have you on. Good to have you back on. Good to hear your voice again. Uh, now, before we get stuck into some of these uh, Rugby World Cup highlights and the action coming up this weekend, NPC, closer to home and your home, not Wainui Amata, we're talking about Wellington. Can anyone beat them this season, Ken, or do you put the trophy back in the cabinet now? Oh, well, I think um, on their day, once they get to the postseason, it always comes down to, um, you know, that, that team that best performs on the day, well, what are they on? An 18-game winning streak. Uh, they've got the NPC and the Renfield Shield, as you say, two still ready in the um, in the cabinet. They've had a couple of close ones uh, already. It was even touch and go against Canterbury for uh, for a long period of time. They only got home against Tasman seven nil um, as well. So, you know, even though they've been on a you know an unbelievable winning streak, they're not um, you know you know. No, you know, no, nobody can be, nobody can't be beaten in this competition. So, you know, I'm not trying to sound, sound like a boring coach, but uh, the reality is, you know, once they get to the postseason, the only teams left in the comp are the ones that can beat you. But um, you know, their form has been terrific. Um, I think attack-wise, I think they're only about fifth or sixth in the competition attack-wise. But defensively, uh, they're the best defensive team in the comp. They've conceded the least number of points, least number of tries, and. They've really shown a, um, a grit um, about them defensively uh, that we're used to seeing from teams like Canterbury. So, uh, well done. And I think, you know, this journey began by Leo um, Crowley last year. And um, I think it's fair to say that um, Tamati Ellison has taken them to a new level um, this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're enthusiastic. They move off the line. They hit hard. And, you know, everything at the moment is headed in the right direction. Ken, obviously, it's been a uh, it's been a fascinating competition because I think we've been getting results, which uh, through counties, through Manawatu, we've had some genuine upsets along the way. Has anyone sort of caught the eye as far as the youngsters that are emerging? Uh, maybe not quite Super Rugby household names yet that you've seen so far. Yeah, well, the um, you know, there's a kid coming off the um, there's a kid coming off the bench for. Um, for Wellington, um, Dominic Ropetti. Um, he's not long. Um, he's not long out of the school um, system. He's a lock, blindside um, flanker, and he's had the benefit of playing. Um, you know, of being a young kid coming through. Um, come, you know, coming through in a very good system where he hasn't been. Where he hasn't been under a under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and the opportunity to play alongside Brad Shields and Duplessis Karifi. Um, has only got to be good for a young kid like him. And Alami Uramir's boy, Akira, um, as well, who's also a lock, uh, blindside flanker. He was in the St. Pat Silverstring first 15 just a couple of years ago. Um, he looks like a, he, he looks like a handy kid um, as well. Neither of them are household names at NPC. 
um, level. But nonetheless, they're you know, two kids that have made what I think have been tremendous strides in, um, in 2023 already. Uh, it's br- brilliant to hear. I imagine for a llama, having a having a back as you then turning into a Ford's uh, son, that must be something to watch a, a Ford from your, uh, as, a, as, as your child turn into a, uh, a healthy footballer. I don't know what advice you'd be able to give them. <laughs> That's right. Well, Akira went to he went to a breakdown in one of the games that we were doing. The opposition brought the ball and he came out with it. And I went, "Oh well, that's the first year of me in twenty years. That's one ruck." <laughs> sure enough, the text, the, text, the text came in ten seconds from a llama. You know, watching watching live in the state. <laughs> um, immediate, immediate response. He texted me back thirty tests, bro. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, talking about Tess, how much, how good has this Fijian result in the weekend? Wonderful performance from the Fijians, but what's it done for this World Cup? I guess it's really shaken it up, and it's and it's showing a little bit of investment in the Pacific Islands. Uh, we can uh, we can reap the rewards from a global point of view. Yes, exactly, uh, mate. And you know, Japan did the same thing in two thousand. And 15, I don't think the Fiji winners quite on the um, um, quite on quite on that scale, given the um, given the quality of of what was involved with both wins. But yeah, most certainly, uh, they obviously nine players playing in Europe, 18 players from um, Fiji and Drua, um, and all, and of course all of those um, decisions have been you know been made um, you know with the owners of the English team with uh, the French team. Where the boys are playing, and from a Fiji and Drua perspective, the fact that they've been able to accommodate them in the competition, then the, you know the boys are getting access to quality, um, quality and intense um, games on a more regular basis, and that's only been good um, for them. So yes, it's Fiji as we know it, but it's also you know Fiji that's been honed by um, a large number of players that are now exposed to the pre- to the professional game, which previously we haven't had. Ken, Ireland, South Africa this weekend, uh, probably one of the biggest games of the Rugby World Cup pool stages with two teams that are on absolute fire right now. Does that game excite you, the way these teams are playing? Um, yeah, it, it excites me and it also worries me, Kirst. Um, firstly, um, France and South Africa, they beat the All Blacks in consecutive weekends. Um, and Ireland, who've had a little bit of a march over the All Blacks in recent years, none of the players, none of the players from those three teams play in the Super Rugby competition. And I know it's a conversation that we have had, um, we've had previously, um, whereas the All Blacks and the Wallabies, 100% of our playing roster and the Wallabies playing roster come out of the Super Rugby um, competition. And um, I've made this point previously and I'll make it again because you know, I absolutely think that there's a major factor in the separation point now between um, Ireland, South Africa and France by comparison to the All Blacks. And if we're going to learn anything from this um, from this rugby world, I hope that um, Australia and the New Zealand Rugby Union administrators will, um, have got the vision and the strength to sit down with South Africa and sit down with the um, Super Rugby thing and reevaluate where we're going with our elite professional um, competition because it's pretty obvious to me 
uh, you know, in the past. And even if you have a look historically at the World Cup, there's only been one World Cup won by a team outside of Super Rugby. Um, and now we have a situation where there's, if, there's probably a 25% chance that um, this year's World Cup is likely to be won. You know, if it's not won by New Zealand, it's going to be won by a team from the Northern Hemisphere. So um, we certainly need to have a, have a closer look at um, what we're doing with our domestic competition and, and obviously to the forefront of that debate is Super Rugby. Now, Ken, uh, talking about uh, Fiji, what about this game that sort of creeped up on us? The Pumas have been, I guess, underwhelming as far as one of the bigger guns that we thought coming into this World Cup. What chance do you give Samoa this weekend considering, you know, they've, they've got their campaign started now, but they've certainly got a roster and they've got some key decision makers and key positions that you would think, if they get it right, could really get into these Pumas. Yes, I, yes exactly. And um, the fact that they've got Stephen Luatua um, and um, <clears throat> in the team and they've got you know, two quality players that they can choose at, um, at number 10, um, as well, and they've got a uh, they've got a front row that's able to be that's able to be competitive, and uh, they've got new Ray Nuria on the plane on the way over, um, as well. And we've seen enough from uh, Manu Samoa, um, and also they've got the coaching talent and the tactics um, as well. So you know, I think it's going to be a terrific game. It'll be a defining point, I think, uh, even for both these two teams in the World Cup, the winner of this game. Brilliant to get you on, Ken. Thank you so much for your time, as always. We appreciate you. Enjoy. My pleasure.